The Beers and Ears podcast is sponsored by Riss and Cal. This holiday season in your search for stocking stuffers, you don't have to be like the Mad Titan, scouring the universe to collect all six stones. Instead, find all the tech accessories you need for your friends and family in one place. Whether it's wireless neck fans for those warm days at the studios, or a waterproof case for when you're searching for that wandering rabbit, they've got an entire assortment. When you go to fourfrills.com shop, that's the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S dot com slash shop. Select your items and then use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S at checkout. You'll get 15% off your purchase. Don't forget that proceeds of the purchase go to help nonprofits and a portion of the proceeds help to support the Beers and Ears podcast as well. So head on over to fourfrills.com and use that promo code today to get a jump start on your holiday shopping. Let's start the show. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. Welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to day 22 of the Infinity Saga series. My name is Matt. My name is Casey. We are almost done with this journey. We just have today and tomorrow. And then this Infinity Saga series, this huge journey we've been on together is is over. I, I am blown away that we are on episode number 22, that we have finally arrived at really what is the culmination of everything we've been talking about for the last three weeks. And we got this episode and one more episode to go, you know, with, with far from home, I'm blown away. And, you know, again, we talked about this yesterday, the cat's out of the bag. We know we've been recording these episodes, you know, weekly since April, this has been a personal journey for us too, that it's, you know, we're six months or almost six months into this at this point. And, that to me, it just, I feel like we've gone on our own little personal journey in recording these episodes too, Matt. I don't know about you, but it, it's almost kind of sad to see it come to an end, you know? Yeah, I, but, but I am excited that that it's been out there and, and I hope that people are enjoying it. Um, I know we've enjoyed putting it together. So let, let's get into this. And I, I feel like I have to start here. So often with blockbuster movies like this, the trailer comes out and it spoils a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the theater 15 minutes into this movie going, that was the trailer. That was well, it, it. Absolutely was. It absolutely was. Well, I don't know about you. So before I started watching it, I actually purposely put the trailer on before I put the movie on. Did you do that? Uh, no, I did not. So Disney Plus has got the trailer as an option, so you can actually watch the trailer. So I said, I'm going to pop the trailer on real quick just to watch that again. And you're right. It's that first 20, 25 minutes of the movie. You get, you get the, you know, Clint and his family disappearing. The Marvel logo comes up. Um, and then at that point, you got, um, you know, Iron Man in space. And, and, you know, you're giving up hope. You got the scene where he's talking into the helmet. And, uh, and then at that point, Captain Marvel. You know, I questioned whether or not, Captain Marvel would have been there if Captain Marvel had not done as well as Captain Marvel had done. I wondered if that was one of the parts that it was going to be there 
or if it was the ending part when she comes back and kind of helped save the day. I don't know on that one, but, um, but you're right. Like all the stuff that's in that first, the, the first 15 minutes is all the trailer. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And so then nothing, I mean, the, the only like scene that they then, I mean, they, they edited to make it, make it, uh, just more sneaky was the scene where Captain America at the end is like, uh, really tightening up his shield for that last battle with Thanos, but it's a full shield. And in, in the actual scene, that shield's broken in two. Yep. And so There's that it, and, and, uh, Tony's, um, speech in the trailer when he goes, part of the journey is the end is actually his speech from the end, like when he's dead at that point. So, you know, so like there's even that too, they did some really crazy editing (laughs) when it came to that. Yeah. But, but I appreciated that from this, you know, so often these blockbuster movies show way too much in the trailer. Like they show all the good parts and then you go see the movie and, and it's like, okay, I mean, that part's cool, but I've seen it 70 times in a trailer. Whereas this 20 minutes in, you're like, this is all new. This is all going to be new. I don't know what's yep. going to happen. I don't know any of these scenes. And and that really made the impact of that, of those scenes greater. Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the things that I will also say too, um, this rewatching it again, and, and this is probably the one I've watched the most out of all of them. I've seen this movie probably close to 10 times at this point. You know, I watched it twice or maybe even three times in the theaters and I've watched it you know, a half dozen times since I, since I've got it home on, on Disney plus or when it was on Netflix, it did cement the fact for me that I do believe as we were talking about yesterday with Ant-Man and the Wasp, that Ant-Man and the Wasp should have come before infinity wars and then infinity war and Endgame should have played back to back. I think rewatching it again, this close together, Ant-Man and the Wasp just was a distraction. It should have been before, and the two of those movies should have been put together, and I think it would have been a much more coherent story. So I did want to make sure I touched on that because we talked about it yesterday. This movie, I don't don't have anything bad to say about this movie. I, I really don't. Like, this movie touches, you know, and I know when it came out, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's fan service this, it's fan service that, and, you know, yeah, exactly. It's fan service. There is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. This movie did exactly what this movie set out to do, and it won the box office by a tune of $2.798 billion. It, number one movie, number one dollar producing movie of all time. There's a reason for that. Should they make a movie that fans are going to hate? Like I, I, I never I, understood that argument. Movie yeah. is fan service. I'm like, so wait, you want them to make a movie that people are not going to like, I don't understand what that means. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't either. I, and I've never, I've never understood that argument. I've never understood people. You know, people do that with the star Wars franchise all the time. They did that with, um, 
uh, with Rise of Skywalker, which, you know, admittedly had some issues, but for the most part, it was a decent decent movie. I mean, it, 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 it repaired a lot of damage that Last Jedi did. And and people, ah, too much fan service. Well, what do you want them to do? Do either they don't make a movie at all, or they make a movie that no one likes? Like, and that's exactly what happened. They tried to do that with Last Jedi, and you screamed at them. You know, uh, I just it, it, it's crazy. What I liked about this movie is that they were able to weave such a needle with so many stars throughout the entire MCU's ten year history. I mean, they 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 brought everybody everybody back for this movie had somehow had some kind of a scene whether it was a big part a cameo or whatever it was in here and i will tell you re-watching all these movies over the course of the last six months like we have done or as listeners you have done over the last 23 days i respect so many more of the scenes in this movie that even i did when they first came out um when the movie debuted last year yeah, I'm in agreement with you that I don't have any bad things to say about this movie. And I feel like I should because it's a time travel movie. And I normally don't like time travel movies because you go through all that garbage where it's all the same of like, don't do anything in the past or you'll change the future. And, and like that bit just gets old, but they do it so well. Yeah. And 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 so that is is really well done. And then... That's what I heard. Wait, but who? Who told you that? Star Trek, Terminator, Time Cop, Time After Time. Quantum Leap? Wrinkle in Time, Somewhere in Time. Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Basically any movie that deals with time travel. Die Hard? No, that's not one. This is known. I don't know why everyone believes that, but that isn't true. Think about it. If you travel to the past, that past becomes your future. And your former present becomes the past. Which can't now be changed by your new future. Exactly. The future is a bunch of bullshit. I feel like we're, we're going to save the ending scene, like the end uh, final climax we'll get there for the discussion later. But um, I have a weird call out. This is maybe a weird spot to put it, but it's a weird call out. So I um, am into, I'm a big sports guy and play a lot of fantasy sports. And one of the top analysts of the, of the sporting world is a guy named Matthew Barry. Okay. And he actually appears in this movie. He's a huge Marvel fan and appears in this movie. He is, uh, when they are back in time in the original Avengers movie, and uh, the Tesseract is being uh, uh, transported on the ground floor, he's like one of the security guard people there. So that's, it's, it's a weird like a weird cameo that... Interesting. That, uh, that um, like a select group of people know. So it, it's just a weird connection. Yeah, that that's that, that's absolutely interesting. Now, I again, I, there's just little things with this movie that I found so much more gratifying, and having watched it so close with the other movies. I mean, something as simple as when Thor has the conversation with his mom, um, yeah. and she knows it's not the Thor of her time, and it's subtle, yet she still offers this Thor advice in this Thor, you know, that mother's hug and that mother's comfort. And, you know, and no, you know, this is the day that, that my mother dies. Now, I had not seen Thor, the dark world since it debuted until we watched it for this podcast and, and to re to then see it in the context with Endgame like that. It just, it, it brought back like the Russo brothers did exactly what we want directors of this type of material to do. They are directors. Second, 
They are fans first. Same with Faye. He's a producer second. He's a fan first. He They handle the material the way we would want the material handled, and they handle it with such a way that they're able to strike those right chords for the, the, mar, the, the, the comic super fans and the general laypersons. Because you and I both, you're the super fan, I'm the layperson. We're walking out of this movie together going, holy smokes, they did this the way they should have. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... And it's a movie that you could have very easily messed up. Oh. And I don't, I don't know many like MCU fans that dislike this movie. Usually on a movie like this, and even like let's let's extrapolate it to epic TV shows. I mean, think of um, the most recent one being Game of Thrones, where that series took so much flack because they were trying at the end of it, because they were trying to like wrap up all these loose ends and all this other stuff. And I mean, and uh, there's that's not the only show that has had a long running spot and and ended and people were either mixed or hated it. Whereas this is a movie that pretty universally people are like, yeah, I'm on board with this. Perfect. Like, like very few flaws. Uh, okay. I have maybe a nitpick here and there. Otherwise this is an excellent movie. And I, I think there's something to be said ab- about that, that they could take such an epic thing. Again, we're talking 21 movies, 21 movies spanning over 10 years with how many big name actors and characters and also their stuff that you have to fit in. And, and they nail it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and ask this question, and this might be very much a fool's errand at this point. But was there any one character that stood out to you as your as your favorite character? Oof, um, I sure uh, no. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna throw one out there, and 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 I think I wasn't sure when I first saw the movie how I felt about this, but the more I've watched it, and even this last viewing, it, it grew on me, and and it it and it's old version it's it's 2014 thanos the universe required correction after that the stones serve no purpose beyond temptation you murdered trillions you should be grateful where are the stones gone reduced to atoms you used them two days ago we used the stones to destroy the stones. It nearly killed me. But the work is done. It always will be. I am inevitable. Hmm. And I say that because there's two characters. I mean, there's current Thanos and 2014 Thanos, right? I feel that Josh Brolin had to learn to play two different characters. Yes, they're the same person, but 2014 Thanos, he his heart turns to stone when he learns that he's killed in the future after succeeding. And the way that he goes about in that final scene, and we're going to get there in just a minute, when he goes and he's talking to Thor and he's talking to Iron Man, he's talking to Rogers, and you know you couldn't live to you couldn't you couldn't learn to live with your own failure and you know it, what where did it land you it brought you back to me that Brolin I I'm shocked that he didn't win 
or at least get nominated. I don't know if he even, I think he got nominated for maybe special effects, but I'm talking like best supporting actor. Like he, he had some major, major um, acting to do when he had to kind of go from Than- original Thanos who, yes, he snapped the humanity, half of humanity out of existence. But when you see him on Titan, when they go to get those stones back, he's a changed man. He's a changed creature to the point that, look, I did what I did. There's something else I can do about it. You know, it'll always be done. But he wasn't, he didn't have that hardened heart like 2014 Thanos did. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? to me and as long as there are those that remember what was there will always be those that are unable to accept what can be they will resist yep we're all kinds of stubborn i'm thankful because now i know what i must do i will shred this universe down to its last atom And then, with the stones you've collected for me, create a new one, teeming with life that knows not what it is lost, but only what it is. Yeah, I think we talked about this a couple days ago. That motion capture acting we talked about with Andy Serkis Mm -hmm. um, is is an art form that I think we're just beginning to appreciate as a society. I think we always thought that well, motion capture isn't real acting; computers are doing most of the job, and we're learning that that's not the case. And Josh Brolin is is proving that that. It, it 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 it's not just the computer work. It's it's him injecting his uh, it, it, he's acting out that character. Well, yes, that they have we have to use some technology to make it look like Thanos, but it, it's Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. Did you have anyone or no? No, I mean not really. Like it, it's, I mean, I, I guess if I had to pick somebody, it'd be it'd be uh, Captain America. Right. Um, I think I think he sticks out in this movie very well and especially at the end when it's old man rogers um i i, I think that that is is a good you know we, we talk about the bookend of of tony stark iron man robert Downey jr's character but i think what's less talked about is the bookend of the steve rogers captain america chris evans character i see So did something go wrong, or did something go right? Well, after I put the stones back, I thought, maybe I'll try some of that life Tony was telling me to get. How'd that work out for you? It was beautiful. And they did just as good of a job with the end of that character as they did with Iron Man. Yeah, I, I, I think when you th- the two original Avengers, I mean, okay, really, I think actually this kind of speaks to, if you look at it from a meta world perspective, that is the viewer world perspective, you can watch these movies one of two ways. You can watch these movies in order of release, Iron Man to really up to this point in game, or you can watch these movies in chronological order. Captain America to Endgame. Both of their endings in this speak to either of those two ways that you watch those movies. If you watch them from Iron Man to Endgame, it's Tony Stark's arc. 
if you watch him from Captain America in game, it's Steve Rogers Hark. And I think that's brilliant. That's brilliant on the part of, of Feige and Russo. And to, to watch them get that, to watch Rogers get that dance with Peggy Carter. And again, this is one of those impacts where you only get it after watching it chronologically. The impact of he was supposed to get that dance all the way back in episode number one of this series that we watched. And he finally gets that dance. Now, yeah. I have a nitpick here. And I, I, I sent this text to you when we were watching it. I don't know if you had a chance to explore or not. At the end of the movie, when he goes to put those stones back, he takes Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. What happens to it? Were you able to I, find have a chance to, I have not had a chance to look into this. Um, so I'm not sure, honestly. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, if anyone out there knows, I mean, I did a quick little Google search as we were talking. And, you know, I found an article on Looper, but I don't want to read it right now because it's really long. There, there doesn't seem to be... Um, uh, uh, an answer here. The only thing that I can think of is that if Rogers is going to go back and put the stones back in their immediate timelines, anything that was taken from those timelines would also have to be returned out of fear of screwing the timeline up. And Thor took the hammer from that timeline. Yeah. So the only thing I can think of is that he's got to put the hammer back. That's definitely a, 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 a good theory. I mean, I, I, I think it's probably one of those things that, I mean, maybe it's something that they're setting up. You know, Thor Love and Thunder is is coming at some point. Who knows when? Yeah. Um, so maybe that's something that comes into play later yeah. down the road that we just don't know yet. Because, I mean, that that's really – these movies are now – you know, when we were watching the first 10 movies, we're looking for the things that we missed because we now know what happens. Whereas now we can start to look for the things that are like, what are the things that we're going to look back and go, oh, that's yeah. what happened with this. And this might be one of them. Yeah, there's a lot of loose threads out there for sure that that have been left not only from this movie, but just any of the movies that we've we've watched over the last 22 episodes for sure. Um, have you seen the, the, the meme out there that talks about Steve Rogers going back in time and then becoming Mr. Rogers? Have you seen that one? I absolutely love that. Yeah. So it talks about him going back in time, being the stand up guy, you know, the model American. And that as he grows older, he becomes Mr. Rogers. Oh, that's fantastic. I just think okay. that's hilarious. Yeah. So, all right. We have been holding off on this one. So I definitely want to get this in. Um, Obviously, the the highest high high point of this movie is that last fifty minutes or so when they are battling. You know, they've already made the snap. The ha the the humanity is returned to normal. You know, the universe is returned to normal, at least normal as can be. Thanos and his army of Thanos have rained down fire on the Avengers complex. Some of them are buried underneath. They're regrouping, and then they start that walk. The three of them start that walk out to where Thanos is just seated, waiting for Nebula to bring that gauntlet to him. And that's when he gives his epic speech that I just talked about, and that's when that final battle begins. Before we even get to the portals opening, let's talk about the three of them battling him for a couple of minutes, because I, I feel that part gets overshadowed, but even that is epic. 
Well, I mean, that that is the loudest point of the movie. The loudest point of the movie is not when those portals open. The loudest point of the movie is when Mjolnir is wielded by Captain America. I, I mean, the, the, the moment, I don't know about you, but the moment in the theater where that happened, it erupted. People went nuts. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember, I can't remember exactly. I mean, yes, people went nuts when, when, when he picked it up and, you know, Thor goes, I knew it. Um, but the, the portals opening, I mean, people in the theater, at least when I watched it, were, were, yes, yes, yeah. I mean, it was, you should have just heard the gap. I mean, I'm getting chills thinking about that moment. When Sam just goes, well, it, and it starts, no. and it starts with the again this attention to detail thing. It starts with the on your left, yes, which, yes. which is a call back to to Winter Soldier. Like, like it, it is they they could have just opened portals and flooded heroes out, and it would have we would have all lost our minds. Yeah. But they they did it. They started out with nope on your left, and oh. Oh, it's so well done. It, they didn't have to do that, and they did. Yeah, well, and, and again, it's the portals. It's, you start to see them open, and the first hero you see is Black Panther and Shuri and Nokia. And then you start seeing, you see Falcon come run, you know, sweep on through. And then, you know, you just start to see all these people. Spider Man swings in. Everyone gets their moment in that moment. And <laughs> this is where Chris Evans, in my book, again, his acting was phenomenal at this moment. The look on Captain America's face of just relief. Like, I'm, you know, there's a chance. Like, he, he, he had already, he had, I'm tearing up talking about this. This is a freaking movie that I'm tearing up about it. Um, he had already kind of accepted his fate that he was going to die, that this was it. Like, there was, I mean, he was looking at this army. You know, Thanos has just said that I'm going to enjoy what I'm about ready to do. This is personal. And he had accepted his fate. He, he tightens that shield on your left. And then the portal starts to open up. And every conceivable hero that we could think of that we have seen in 23 movies pours out of those portals. Yeah. And, and just the setup. And then the...
Avengers assemble yeah. and Thor screams and they charge. And I, I think here's what this movie really got. Infinity War was kind of billed to us as like, all right, it's all the heroes coming together. They're all coming together. And really they didn't. Like the, no. the final battle in Wakanda was not all of the heroes. No, they were but all separate. There were three different yeah. spots I think they were all at. Yeah. This moment is the like all the heroes are together. Yep. I mean, everyone, you have got everyone. You got even Howard the Duck makes a cameo appearance. I don't know if you saw him in there. Howard the Duck makes a cameo appearance in there. Every single, I think Cosmo the dog is somewhere in there too. Like every single, single hero MCU character that you can think of that you want to look for, you freeze frame it step by step along the way. That scene, when they start charging, it, it, it is one of the most epic scenes. I mean, I can only compare it to Lord of the Rings when they had their epic battle scene at the very end of that third movie. Yeah. Again, it, it, that, that's, that's where, and that's again, Endgame's epic battle scene is, it is really built upon what Peter Jackson did in Lord of the Rings. I mean, let, let's, let's be, be honest with you. That's what started this. And that's what, that's why I think we saw what we saw. So, um, yeah, I, 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 and again, the music, the way they built it, the, um, it, it just, it, it, it's amazing. And then, you know, and then the actual scene itself, that not just them appearing, but then the battle starts. Like, holy mm-hmm. smokes! Yeah, they, like it's well choreographed. The the each character kind of gets his time in the spotlight. There's yep. some good, um, like some good. You, you get uh, Tony Stark and Pepper Potts battling, and then it moves into this, and then that moment of the fight for me is is when Captain Marvel appears and then she she comes up to Spider-Man and is like, hi, I, I'm Peter Parker. And just how she says, hey, hey Peter, Peter Parker. Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think it's great. Very, very well done. Uh, I mean, th- you know, we talk so much on this podcast in general of rewatchability. And I mean, you've already said it. This movie, standalone, is so rewatchable. Yeah, it really is. And again, the, the 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 final scene. I mean, you talked about a couple things. The scene where all the women come together. I love that scene. I know that got a lot of flack from some from people out there, but I think it was phenomenal. I loved when they all came together and they were able to move the gauntlet from one side to the other. Um, and, and even even the way they handle when Doctor Strange finally looks to Tony and just very gently puts his finger up like this is it that this is this is the moment i told you i wasn't going to tell you but now we're here this is the one chance if you don't take it we all lose mm-hmm. yeah and, and he realizes it and he snatches those infinity stones puts them into his gauntlet and then of course the way to build tony stark's arc when when he goes i when thanos goes i am inevitable and, and he goes I just, oh my God, like 
everything from Avengers Assemble to that. Like it, it, the Russo brothers knew exactly what they were doing, and, and they built the, they built the perfect movie. They built the perfect yeah. movie, and and it shows two point two point billion dollars for a reason. I agree. So, uh, b- before we go, I know we're we're going a little bit over on time, but come on, you knew we were gonna. Uh, <laughs> There's one point that I want to like just dissect for just a little bit, and that is the whole Black Widow sacrifice. Okay, I think that moment doesn't get as much of the fanfare because of the Black Widow movie that's coming. Because I feel like they wanted that sacrifice to be this big weight, and I don't get the feeling from fans and and even myself that that sacrifice has as much weight as something as a Tony Stark death or a Captain America's ending arc. What do you think on that? I mean, I remember how I felt when I felt it in the theater, um, you know, other than of course, vision in, in um, infinity war. I mean, that's really like the first, you know, of course, Loki too, but that's really like the first major death. I mean, if you think about it, I honestly believe black widow probably has more. I think Scarlett Johansson is black widow was in more movies in the MCU than any of the other characters. I, I would agree. I would agree with that. She pops I, up a lot. She pops and, up in and, Captain, she pops up in Iron Man's. She pops up in all the Avengers. So I think her death I, I, I it's it's hard to measure. I mean there and I don't even know if it if that is the case, I don't even know if it has to do with her movie. I mean there could be a level of sexism there. It's a woman uh, you know, she wasn't necessarily any, she wasn't always considered a main character. Um, she was always kind of secondary. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I felt the gravity of it. I mean, the fight in Clint's pain, you know, watching her fall, uh, you know, and even the foreshadowing, they're going to Vormir and you knew what happened to Gamora. So, you know, as they're going to Vormir, you know, one of them is going to die. Like, you know, that up front. And, Honestly, you think the whole time it's going to be Clint. I mean, I did. I didn't think it was going to be Black Widow. I had no that first viewing. I had I was shocked that it ended up being Black Widow. I thought it was going to be Clint because Clint felt more expendable to me because of his lack of screen time. Yeah, no, I hear you. And 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 I mean, we've talked on other episodes where Black Widow has been in a ton of movies and surprises me in all of those movies. But but I I, I think that for me personally. It was a, because I knew a Black Widow movie was coming, even if it's not an extension like timeline-wise beyond this movie, I, I, the weight of that character is gone. It's like, okay, they're gone in this timeline, but I'm going to see them again in this other movie. Whereas something like a Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man character, it's like, that's it for the character. He's probably not coming back. So I, 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 for me personally, that was the problem. Um, of of the weight of that, not not to say that like she fell she fell in that pit, and I'm just like, eh, whatever, who cares? Like I'm I, I felt. You, I'm going to ask you a question though. So Endgame came out in spring of 2020. So we're saying April or May, right? So Black Widow wasn't announced until July. I'm sorry, spring of 2019. Black Widow wasn't announced until July of 2019. So we would have known about Black Widow at that point. Oh, I, I have lots of sources. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, I, I, I follow a lot of people on um, social medias that are well 
ingrained into the sources of these Disney and Marvel and Star Wars movies. And so I, I guess maybe that's, maybe that's one of those. Maybe that's, I, I, maybe that's where it's coming from. Maybe that's more you yeah. than the general fandom, because as you're talking about it, I'm going, Black Widow wasn't announced. I wasn't aware of Black Widow when Black Widow that came at the Comic-Con that summer last year. Cause I remember they did a whole, remember they did a whole host of releases, not just Black Widow. They did, they did a whole host. I mean, they, they announced all those Disney plus movies, all that stuff. And yeah, no, so yeah. maybe that's part of the problem is maybe it got lost on you because you went and spoiled it. And uh, you know, the rest of us who are living in the real world, we, we had no idea. I don't know. I think that could be part of it. Maybe you knew no, something that- you weren't supposed to know. That, that makes sense. Um, uh, that, that was just something I was curious about. I was like, cause, cause I almost felt bad that that, that, that moment didn't weigh on me more. And, and maybe it's just, there's so many moments that weigh on you. I mean, it, when, when Tony Stark uh, sees Peter Parker and gives him a hug and I mean, cause again, that's even a callback to where he's like, this isn't a hug. I'm just getting you the door. Like it, it, it there's so many moments in this movie that, that you, that are so impactful that you're bound to kind of just miss one of them. Yeah, I agree. Well, this is the last time we get to say this, but um, we got one episode left tomorrow. Uh, Spider-Man far from home. Uh, The last in what is considered the phase three of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, It kind of wraps up the storyline of Tony Stark and Spider-Man. Uh, so we're going to cover that tomorrow on the show. Um, and then the following day would have been when Black Widow released. As we know, Black Widow is getting pushed back to May of next year. But, you know, this saga has been amazing. And I'm really excited that we've, we've got to travel this uh, with you and with, with you know, with, with all of our fans here. So um, it is closing time. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that by getting us on Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, uh, Instagram and Twitter, Beers Ears 1928. Email Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. Again, tomorrow, Spider Man Far From Home. And then we will be resuming our regular schedule uh, starting back up on November. Um, let's see here, actually, November 6th. So the day Black Widow was supposed to release. We do have a new episode coming out, uh, and then we'll be resuming our new episodes. we got some fun episodes coming up. We're moving into the holiday season now, so you're going to start to hear some um, uh, um, holiday episodes, too. So, um, All right, my friends. Have a wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everyone.